Welcome to the Hidden Acres Podcast. Today, we're pleased to bring you all four of the chapel messages from our 2023 Sportsman's Retreat, which was March 24th through 26th. The chapel speaker was Troy Nesbitt from Cornerstone Church in Ames, Iowa. This message is from chapel session number four, which was on Sunday morning, March 26th. Enjoy. Good morning, guys. I see that we lost quite a few of us. We are the few, the proud, the surviving. So I thought we'd start this morning with a little video. I want to tell you that uh, I realize the teaching has been a little bit weighty, and just know whenever you talk about the things we're talking about in a conference like this, I, I took a risk. I thought you men were able to handle it, and you certainly were, and I appreciate your willingness to stick with me and to be a part of hearing from the Lord together, and I appreciate the questions that you guys have, and feel free to, to reach out to me with any other questions that you have. I'm pretty easy to find, Troy Nesbitt at Gmail, if you wanted to send me an email. Uh, the SALT Network is uh, the organization that I work with. Um, so please, uh, if you have questions or even if you have concerns, uh, I want to be a man who, with integrity, delivers the Word of God rightly. And I don't always get it right, but I attempt to. And so if you even have a correction for me, just know that I'm, I'm wanting to hear uh, from you and willing to, to hear that as well. Uh, but I, I thought I'm going to be a little lighter on you today. So if you have a Bible, we're going to be looking at Psalm 19. And uh, it's just, hopefully it's just going to be fun for all of us to get in the Word of God this morning. I took a little more time than I normally do last night. So I promise I'm going to take a little less today to balance out the equation. My wife always says, Troy, there's no such thing as a good, as a bad short sermon. So uh, we'll be Methodist and we'll keep it short uh, this morning. But do you have that video queued up? Can everybody, these, these are four of my 13 grandkids and I got this this morning. I thought, I'm gonna share this with the group. You maybe got two cycles of it. Aren't they cute little dudes? So all three of my granddaughters and uh, my grandson, and the big dude that showed up in the back is my son-in-law. He played for the University of Iowa. He was a uh, four-year starter. He was a top 100 recruit. And had he not blown his knee out his freshman year, he probably would have played in the league. Ended up playing professionally in France. Two of my granddaughters were born in France. And so he's right now preparing to be a church planter for us in Milwaukee at University of uh, Wisconsin and Milwaukee and also Marquette, so that's going to be that's going to be great. But the reason that um, video was so special to me this morning is because my son-in-law's uh, mom uh, has been in hospice, and so you know they're they're there worshiping, you know, uh, just doing what they do as a family in a time of uh, pretty difficult days for them. So. Yeah, thanks for praying for that family. They're going to go through some pretty dark waters here in the next uh, few days. So Psalm 19, maybe one of my favorite psalms, and we looked at the bad David. We're going to look at the good David today. He begins this psalm, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the expanse proclaims the work of His hands. Day after day they pour out speech, and night after night they communicate knowledge. There's no speech, there are no words, their voice is not heard. 
Their message has gone out to the whole earth and their words to the ends of the world. In heaven, he has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming from his home. It rejoices like an athlete running a course. It rises from one end of the heavens and it circles to the other end and nothing is hidden from his heat. One of the things we know about David is he loved creation. And I thought it'd be good for us to just talk about how creation declares the glory of God. Because when you get a whole bunch of outdoorsmen together, we know that. And often we will say our church is our tree stand. Now that's not a good idea. But is it a good idea to go to church when you're in tree stands? Because in that context, you can literally and feel and see and experience the glory of God. And David, as he was looking out toward the heavens and looking out of the stars, he says, the heavens declare the glory of God. And night to night, they pour forth speech. They have no words. There is no voice. Yet their message is unbelievably clear. And you men know that. Have you ever had wow moments when you get out into God's creation? Have you seen the Grand Canyon? The Grand Canyon? If you ever walk up to the Grand Canyon and you don't say, wow. You're broken inside. Have you been on a mountaintop and just standing on a mountaintop saw the mountain range and the glory and the beauty of God and what comes out of your mouth is a hallelujah wow. If you've ever been up north and seen the northern lights when something just amazing happens in the sky and it's like the best light show in the world that is being performed by God. It is a wow moment. And you've had it with sunsets and sunrises. Have you ever plunged your head beneath the ocean when you're snorkeling or even had the opportunity to scuba dive and see all that is below the surface of the waters or even fishing on a boat and you never know what you're going to catch when you're deep sea fishing and every time you pull up something different you look at what God has made and you say wow I got to touch a 3,000 year old sequoia a tree that has been growing for 3,000 years and the redwoods and their roots are intertwined and when I see that I say Wow, what David is saying, when you see the glory of God in creation, declaring that God is real, you are having some wow moments. And all throughout this psalm, he's using the Hebrew word for God, which is El. The heavens declare the glory of God. I love how David saw God in creation. And he said, the righteous man is like a tree planted by rivers of water, but the wicked, they're just like chaff that gets blown away. I love how he describes in Psalm 23 the Lord being our shepherd and how he leads us by green pastures and still waters and he walks us through the valleys of the shadow of death. And in this psalm, what David says, and I'm what, what I'm most amazed by is the sun. <laughs> it's incredible. But I wonder, don't you, if David was our contemporary, what he would write about. What would he say today? What would be the song that he would write? We know so much more. In the psalm, he delights in all the creation, but we know so much more. Imagine what David would say. 
For example, we know now that the sun is 93 million miles from the earth. Can you comprehend that? If you were going to fly to the sun and you were going to get on a jumbo jet and fly the speed of a jumbo jet for 24 hours a day, it would take you 20 years to get from earth to the sun. That's a lot of miles. Light, do you know this, travels at a rate of 186,282 miles a second. That's called the speed of life, or the speed of light, okay? In a year, all of those seconds added together, we call that the light year, okay? So 186,000 plus miles a second, and however many that is after a year, that is one light year. Okay, stick with me, guys. It's a long ways. Are you familiar with the star Polaris? Shout it out if you know what it is. It's the North Star. The North Star, try to wrap your brain around this, is 320 light years away. It is 46 times bigger than our sun. 320 light years away. You know what that means? That the North Star, when it's putting off light, that you look at it in the north sky, that light that you see that hits your eyes is 320 years old. It originated 320 years ago before it ever hits your face. Wow. Can you get your mind around that? And the North Star, oh, it's just one. One star in our galaxy alone. Astronomers project that our galaxy is over 2 million light years across and one of over 100 billion galaxies. Wow! Do you ever stop thinking about this stuff? We have been able to discover these things, and these things are declaring the glory of our God. Wow, wow, wow. Did you know this? Our earth is spinning a thousand miles an hour. And you wonder why it's not flinging us off. It's because of gravity, and it's so big, something so big going so fast on the inside, it's going pretty slow on the outside. Did you know that our earth is orbiting the sun at 67 thousand miles an hour wow if we were one percent closer to the sun it would fry us like bacon if we were one percent farther from the sun it would freeze us immediately the world and its planets and our earth is so fine-tuned by the hand of god Wow, wow. It should make you just declare, hallelujah, wow. The Hubble telescope, are you familiar with this? It was created over 30 years ago. It's now obsolete. We have now the James Webb Space Telescope. It is 100 times as powerful as the Hubble telescope. We can see things now that we have never seen before. And we keep discovering things every day. And some scientists think that they're going to discover the origin of everything. And when they do, you know what they will find? God. Jesus who spoke 
everything into existence. And David said, when I get out on creation, I just say, wow, wow, wow. And he had no idea the wows that we are able to declare. Never had a telescope. He never had a high power. But he was pretty good with this slingshot, and he was pretty good at observing God. And guys, don't get me discarded on the microscopic stuff. Or I know you guys would like to talk about animals. We don't have time to get into it because I promised you a shorter sermon. But, you know, COVID was uh, pretty devastating to plenty. Did you know that white-tailed deer had COVID? <laughs> In fact, it was almost 80% of them, more than 80% of those that were tested had COVID, white-tailed deer. It didn't seem to devastate them too much. So, wow, that's just, that was free. <laughs> that was free. I'm telling you what, if COVID would have killed white-tailed deer, I would be so angry. <laughs> that, would be, that would be the worst. Please, God, never let another disease come that kills our white-tail. Let them grow. But D David goes on. Creation, he says, declares that there's a creator God, but it doesn't tell us who he is. And this is David's next point. Look at verse 7. We need greater revelation, and so David says the instruction of the Lord is perfect, renewing one's life. The testimony of the Lord is trustworthy, making the inexperienced wise. The precepts of the Lord are right, making the heart glad. The command of the Lord is radiant, making the eyes light up. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are reliable and altogether righteous. Notice that David in this text, and he, he moves from God to Lord. Do you see it in your text? The creation of God is declaring the glories of God, but now he's talking about the Lord, and he shifts from this Hebrew word El to the Hebrew word Yahweh, you've heard of that. And whenever you see it in the Bible, it's L-O-R-D, Lord, all caps in your Bible. And it's interesting that in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, the first time that God gives his name, he gives it to Moses. And he says that I have given you something that I didn't even give Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He spoke to them as El, God. But he said, my name is the Lord, Yahweh. I am that I am. And he said, I'm giving to you something I didn't even give to them. Special revelation. How much more so, men? Has he given himself to us through the Lord Jesus Christ? You see, what David is saying here is, I can see God in creation, but I know him through his word. Verse 7, he says, I can understand the meaning of life because of your word. Verse 7 also says, your word gives me wisdom in living. It makes a stupid man smart or a simple man wise. In verse 8, it says, your secrets that are revealed give me joy. And as I read your word, verse 8, I have hope for the future. I have confidence in eternity, verse 9. And I have a right relationship with God. And all of this comes from the revelation of your word. Guys, you know what David wanted? He just wanted to know God through his word. 
David was blown away by the creation of God, but he was even more blown away by the revelation of God's word. It was his favorite topic. You know, the longest, the longest chapter in your Bible is Psalm 119. You remember this? 176 verses on the word of God. I'll just give you one example. Verse 10, Psalm 119. Your word is more desirable than gold. You guys, do you watch Gold Rush? My, my whole family makes fun of me for watching that. I'm, I'm amazed. I'm amazed at the show. And they, they, they have giant machines that catch little bitty dust of gold. And since the discovery of gold, men have been pursuing gold and have gone gold crazy. The Proverbs talk a lot about silver and gold and the pursuit of money, which we all are going after. In fact, probably the number one reasons that Americans make decisions is based on money. We would do almost anything for money or any amount of money. Because often money is the God, right? But for David, he said, not for me. Your word is more valuable than gold, than the abundance of pure gold. And then he says, and sweeter than honey, and the dripping of the honeycomb. In addition, your servant is warmed by them, and in keeping them there is great reward. Fellas, how committed are you to the word of God? Did you know the average American spends almost four hours a day on this little device? This is the average adult American. What do you think it is for the 18-year-old? The teenager, 14 to 18. What do you think it is for them? Almost eight hours a day. That's average. Average. Now, I have a, a no-brainer question for you. Do you think that's helping us or hurting us? You know the average amount of time that the average Christian spends in the Word of God a day? Now, the average Christian is average, spending four hours a day in this, and if he's a teenager, maybe up to eight, and some you know are even more. You know what the average Christian spends in the Word of God a day? According to Pew Research? And there's some of us pastors who do it as a job. And it's pathetically low. Even those of us who are pastors who spend time in the Word of God, just ask them. Ask them to quote to you what they learned from the Word of God today. And many of them will look at you and go, oh, and tell you something they learned last month or last year or last week. There's nothing fresh in their soul. And we wonder why the church is doing so bad. Guys, men, the Word of God is available to you. It's gold. It's silver, it's wisdom, it's jewels. The average Christian spends less than three minutes a day in the Word of God. And there are a ton of zeros. I'm telling you what, you can get an app, you can get a Bible app that will read your Bible to you from your phone, and when you're driving in your car, punch that app and listen to the Word of God and let it change your life. Read it, study it, memorize it. The Word of God is transformational. 
You see what David said here? He said the word of God is sweeter. It's sweeter than honey from the honeycomb. (laughs) Do you know, Ryan, do you have uh, bees here? Oh, okay, so maybe no. We're going to test Ryan. Um, Do you know how many miles a bee colony has to fly to collect enough pollen to make one pound of honey. Steve, you know? They have to visit two million flowers and they will fly over 55,000 miles. And it will be the entire life's work for a colony of 768 bees. That's their whole life for a pound of honey. And God did that. And if you watch them at work, they're enjoying it. And they're enjoying it because they're living in the pleasures of God. And they're making something that is precious for you. And what David said is, I can't think of anything sweeter than the honey. And the drippings from the honeycomb. Oh, yes, I can. The word of God. The word of God. But let's think a minute. What would David write about today? We have so much more. You see, he had the law and the prophets. We have the law and the prophets, but we also have the gospels and acts and the epistles and the pastorals and the revelation of God. What would David write about today? Wow. He had the inspiration of the spirit but we have the indwelling holy spirit he had the promise of the messiah but we have seen jesus and we know that he conquered sin and death on the cross and we have seen the resurrection we have christmas and we have easter david didn't have that what would he write about what would his psalm say i think david would be going bat nuts you know, bat nuts. There's nuts and then there's bat nuts. You ever had a bat in your house? <laughs> then you'll be going nuts too, but they're not as vicious as you think. People always call Pastor Troy. He'd grab anything. Bats are great. Uh, they are nasty. Don't, you don't want a whole bunch of bats in your attic. I digress. What would he write about? You know, Psalm 1, rather than writing about a tree planted by the streams of water, maybe he would just be profoundly impressed with the words of Jesus that says that anybody believes in him out of his innermost being would flow streams of water, John 7. Rather than writing about the good shepherd in Psalm 23 that leads us through the valley of the shadow of death, maybe he'd write about the good shepherd who conquered death and has totally removed the sting of death. In Psalm 59, maybe rather than writing about how God would destroy his enemies, maybe he would have a prayer of gratitude for the victory that Jesus gave over sin at the cross and the indwelling Holy Spirit. Think about the Psalms that David would write today. Wow, they would be amazing.
David marveled that God's glory revealed in his creation and he worshiped God who was revealed in the scripture. But he doesn't stop this psalm there. David knew his problem was not with God. It was David's sin that put distance between himself and God, and it's our sin that separates us as well. Look at verse 12. David writes, Who perceives his unintentional sins? Cleanse me, God, from my hidden faults. Moreover, keep your servant from willful sins and do not let them rule over me. Then I will be blameless and cleansed from blatant rebellion. This is how David concludes this psalm. His knowledge of God was amazing. His worship of God was great. He said, the heavens declare the glory of God. The revealed word of God lets me know what I can do, but it is my sin that keeps me from experiencing all that God wants me to experience. It's my hidden faults and my willful sin. I think if David were here today, you know what he would be saying? He would be saying, guys, have you ever been wowed by God? Overwhelmed by creation? Uh, one of the brothers I met this morning, he caught two of the big trout. A lot of guys went out fishing for trout and didn't catch any. If I'd have been one that caught two of the big trout, I would have thought, Jesus loves me. More than the rest of y'all. <laughs> I got two of them. <laughs> you see, Jesus loves me. And I'm amazed at the number of times that I have these Jesus loves me moments. Have you had these? When God reveals something to you in the creation and you just think, oh, wow, I am in the presence of God by something that he revealed in creation. I pray that you've had Jesus moments when you're reading the scriptures that God jumps up out of the page and he says something directly to you, specific to you from the word of God. And David is saying, I've had both those moments. I wow at the creation of God and I wow at the experience of God in scriptures. But I know the problem with me and God is not in God. I think so many times we think, oh, man, if God would just do it differently or be different, my relationship with him would be way better. And David says, no, no, let me tell you what your problem is with you and God. It's you. And if we would just allow God to draw us closer through creation, through his word, we could experience him in new and profound ways. And my heart for you brothers this weekend is that you would begin to experience the reality of God in creation and in his word and that he would draw your heart to him like no other and that you would be willing to trust him with your whole life and to deal with your sin. It is your sin that separates from you from God and all of us have it. Romans says there's none righteous, not even one. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and sin continues to separate us from God. But as we deal with our sin through faith in Christ, and as we deal with our sin through confessing of our sin, and as we deal with our sin through asking God to help us to ask forgiveness and giving it to others, we will begin to experience a relationship with God that is unparalleled. And I want to conclude this retreat with David's prayer in Psalm 19, verse 14. Here's what he prayed. Lord, 
Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable or pleasing to you. Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let the words of my mouth. Brothers, if we could just get the words of our mouth pleasing to God, would that change your world? Not to mention the meditation of your heart. Oh, and by the way, it's the overflow of the heart that the mouth speaks. What an incredible prayer that David would pray, God, let my heart thoughts be pleasing to you. Let my heart thoughts be acceptable to you because you're my rock and you're my redeemer. Guys, I want to end there. Let this be our prayer today as we go from this place. Lord Jesus, let the words of our mouth, the meditation of our heart, be pleasing and acceptable to you. Who have we in heaven but you and nothing on earth satisfies would you give us strength to walk with you today? Would you give us the boldness to seek forgiveness from those we've hurt? Would you give us boldness to confess our covered sin? Would you give us boldness to have faith? Would you give us boldness to be able to forgive? God, would you restore to us the joy of our salvation and bring us back close to you? Lord, we know that that's your desire. Let it be the desire of our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.